As the cyber threat landscape facing healthcare organizations continues to evolve, how are healthcare providers evolving their privacy and security programs? I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Becky Hood, CIO of Everett Clinic in Washington State, a multi specialty physician practice with more than 500 healthcare providers serving over 300,000 patients. Becky will be discussing how her organization is evolving its privacy and security efforts in the light of the latest breach trends in the healthcare sector. So, Becky, there's been a string of major hacker attacks so far in 2015. Why do you think the healthcare sector has become such a big target of cyber attacks lately? Well, that's an interesting question. The Anthem, Primera, and UCLA health cyber attacks all appear to be related in some way, possibly a nation state trying to develop a data warehouse of information on Americans. Um, security experts are not seeing the data on the dark markets at this point, but for identity theft and things like that. But imagine it's the data is being mined for sensitive information, and so it's kind of a strange thing. So in light of that, what steps are you taking at your organization to bolster information security in light of this uptick in hacker attacks that we've been seeing? Well, the Everett Clinic has had a proactive security stance for some time and strong security expertise in-house, as well as outside consultants that we use. And we are actively enhancing our security program in light of the increasing number of attacks. We have strong security governance in place that includes collaboration between IT, our corporate compliance, privacy, and enterprise risk areas. And we meet weekly and actually communicate daily about current risks, new products, and our policies. We're currently taking steps to enhance our vulnerability management and increasing our security staffing to monitor our environment. We have lots of tools in place, but we need to be watching what those tools are telling us. The attacks have also, as you can imagine, increased our executive and board awareness of cybersecurity, and we are also increasing our staff training. We have are just wrapping up our annual external HIPAA gap assessment, and we're looking forward to what insights they can provide us as well. When you look at the Department of Health and Human Services uh, infamous wall of shame of large breaches, there is a mix of the new hacker attacks we've been seeing, but there's also the old favorites (laughs) such as lost and stolen unencrypted devices that, again, continues to be a problem. Any main lessons that you're seeing emerge from the Department of Health and Human Services wall of shame? The things that we have been putting in place over the last few years we're really glad uh, we've been doing, such as encryption of laptops, putting in security for our all our mobile devices, and we really do have a layered security approach, proactive patching, intrusion detection, and some of the things that are occurring are, you know, vulnerabilities that if some of the foundational elements of the security program were in place might not be happening. Such as what? Well, things like I mentioned, routine patching, having antivirus, having laptops encrypted. We have encrypted USB ports. 
all the kind of basic things that we've had in place for some time. And, you know, you have to have a strong security governance program in place as well as expertise that uh, helps you assess your environment both internally and, and externally. As a large multi-specialty physician practice, what are Everett Clinic's biggest privacy and security challenges that you're facing? We certainly are looking at all the time at our the possibility of internal breaches, and we have policies and education in place and tools like fair warning that help us monitor our internal access to our personal health information and PII. As I mentioned, we have layers of security for intrusion detection and prevention. Phishing attacks are a worry because they can go directly to a user, and um, so education around that is something that we focus on. We also have spam filtering in place to help protect ourselves against that. And quite frankly, a new worry for us with the recent um, healthcare cyber attacks really are our business partners who are being breached. So, for example, um, Primera is both who the Everett Clinic self-insures through as well as who is one of our major health plans for our patients. So we're working together to make sure that we all are protecting the health information kind of across the spectrum of, of who has access to it in the care of a given patient. So being that business associates are a bigger worry, anything you're doing differently now in light of what we've been seeing with Primera and other organizations in terms of how you're dealing with your business associates and how you're checking to see if they're doing what they should be doing to protect your patients' privacy? Well, that's the current conversation we're having with um, legal counsel in terms of whether or not our BAAs are sufficient. And at this point, because no cases have been brought relative to breaches by business partners, we're sticking with the BAAs that we have in place. But certainly, we're, we're having conversations to understand what the security protections and remediation that our business partners are taking. So on a day-to-day basis, what worries you more? Is it potential breaches committed by insiders, breaches that might include BA's involvement, or external bad actors? Well, I think in terms of the bad actors, as I mentioned, you know, the phishing attacks are increasing and of concern, particularly those aimed at our executives and at finance. Uh, we have put in internal controls around the electronic transmission of financial transactions, and we've also enhanced our spam filtering as part of that. But as, as I mentioned, the, the business partners and their security stance, which seems to not have been maybe as proactive as our own, is something that we're concerned about as well. So now, are there any interesting or promising new security technologies that you're considering to implement to bolster protection of patient data? And if so, what's most promising? Well, one of the things that we are are looking at are new sources of threat intelligence. And so we do get information from the FBI and from, from other sources, but we're really hoping to foster more information sharing among healthcare organizations 
like is done in other industries such as banking. We are also planning to implement some things like remote monitoring of laptops. We've had encryption of laptops for years, but being able to know where they are and to be able to shadow them is uh, something we're putting in place. And we're also looking at new technologies to better secure our biomedical equipment and modalities. Security has really lagged with the vendors of this equipment, and uh, we're beginning to see them understand that actually they do house PHI and need to be treated the same as any other system under the auspices of HIPAA. Becky, there's also been a big focus lately on secure health data exchange and interoperability of health data. What's your biggest frustration in that area? Well, I think the lack of standardization is the the biggest ongoing frustration. But we've really had great success exchanging data with other healthcare organizations in the Puget Sound region, primarily because most of us are using the EPIC system, and we use their Care Everywhere HIE tools to exchange and share information on our shared patients. Um, and we're also beginning to put that in place with others in the area who we care for patients with that are not on EPIC. So we we actually have pretty good sharing NHIE capabilities. So from your perspective, is the criticism about the lack of interoperability and the lack of secure health data exchange, are they being overblown? Well, I think it depends on what you mean by interoperability. If you mean can you share records between other organizations, we've had great success with that. And it is secure. We wouldn't be doing it otherwise. In terms of interoperability between other applications and a system like Epic or Cerner, that's a different matter. You know, how open are those systems and can you really integrate third-party applications into them. That That is something that is a work in progress for sure and absolutely can use improvement. So finally, Becky, looking ahead to 2016, what's likely to be on the top of your information security and privacy priority list? Well, for 2016, we'll be focusing on enhancing our security monitoring, as you can imagine, and our data management of all the security logging that we keep track of. We'll be, as I mentioned, adding staff to help have eyes on that information, as well as educating our users on what impacts their behaviors have on keeping our environment secure. The threat intelligence uh, is another area we're hoping to see improvements in. And then we're continuing our strong collaboration with our compliance and risk areas around security governance, which we really feel is the foundation of a good security program. Thanks, Becky. I've been speaking to Becky Hood. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.